Welcome to Practical Awakening. In this podcast, I share conscious conversations with incredible women about human design, spirituality, and the practical application of them in your life and in your relationships. I'm your host, Rachel Amy, human design expert, life coach, and yoga teacher from the UK. I believe that we're all spiritual beings, uniquely designed and perfectly placed with such an important purpose. So if you're ready to explore human design, practice deep self-acceptance, and put your spirituality to work, let's get started. So I know I promised you conversations in this podcast, and it definitely is going to be mostly incredible conversations with, with incredibly conscious women and people about their lives in spirituality and human design. But I just wanted to start with a little bit about my story, about my journey that really led me to where I am now and how this podcast even came to being. So I've always been a really spiritual person. As a, Even as a small child, I was really intuitive. I would get intuitive kind of like hits and messages. And I remember one particular moment. It was, I, it was either in school or maybe it was in Sunday school when I went to church with my mom as a kid and the adult was saying something. The particular thing, I don't remember what it was, but I remember in my little child mind being like, man, like this is bullshit. Like, are we just going to go along with this? And then looking around me and seeing all the other little heads just nodding along and smiling to that person that was talking. And my internal conversation was like, oh, oh, right. Yeah, we okay. We are just all going along with this. And it was really from that moment onwards that I knew I wasn't going to be, you know, quote unquote normal, that I knew I wasn't going to fit in with the status quo. My parents knew that the moment I popped out, like I was on my own agenda from minute one, even, you know, in vitro, I was kind of on my own agenda doing my own thing. But that's the first moment that I really remember that I had a connection to something much bigger and much larger than myself. And although that is now my all time favorite thing, it was a really tricky journey kind of through life. So when my spirituality journey like really started to develop it began with Abraham Hicks right it began with the book Ask and It Is Given I don't know how I came across Abraham Hicks I don't know how the book came into my life but I truly I always believe and it always you know manifests that the right things find me at the right time and that was what I needed to really start to take my life into my own hands and be the creator of my reality rather than just experiencing it So I started playing with the law of attraction. At that point, I still had a lot of kind of inner work to do. I was carrying a lot of shame and a lot of wounds, a lot of emotional trauma from my childhood. I struggled with mental health as well, depression and anxiety. So I was juggling all of these things. But that spiritual kind of beginning, I wouldn't call it an awakening, but the beginning there in the law of attraction really put me on the path to, you know, where I am now and the things I've discovered and all of these things that I know about myself. But when I discovered human design, everything just clicked for me. If you don't know, I'm a 2-5 emotional manifester. I have a defined solar plexus, defined throat, defined head and ajna, and the rest of my body is really open. So when I discovered human design and I started reading up about, you know, what it meant to be a manifester, 
To side note, the first time I looked up my human design and it pulled my chart and it said I was a manifester and I started reading, you know, 9% of the world, the fire starters, the initiators here to create big impact and change. I was like, no, no way. I'm not special enough to be a manifester was my exact thought, my exact words. I'm not special enough to be a manifester. And so I closed down the tab and I moved on with my life. And then five or six months later, we circled back, human design turned up again. I looked up my chart, lo and behold, my birth, time, location, um, and date were exactly the same. So my chart was the same, believe it or not. But at that point, I was ready, right? And I really started reading deeper than just that very surface level initiator, fire starter. And I started to feel really, really seen. I saw myself through the lens of anger and peace. I remember looking back on my younger years when everyone talked about what they wanted, you know, and everyone's like, you know, I want to be rich. I want to be famous. I want to do this. I want to have a big, a well-paying job. I want to have a family. And I'm like, I just want to chill. Like, I don't want any of that. I've never had the urge to create any of that. I've just longed for this feeling of calm and relaxedness kind of in my life. So when I found that my signature theme was peace, I was like, this makes perfect sense to me. And just that peace in itself gave me permission to no longer try for all, like reach for those things that, you know, were never really mine anyway. And I got to be in that state of peace. And trust me, it has been a long journey. There has been a lot of anger and there still is a lot of anger now, but I allow that anger to be there. I allow that anger now to guide me and I don't allow it to have an impact on other people in a negative way. So as an emotional manifester, I've had huge ups and downs emotionally throughout my childhood. Um, Looking back, I was never modeled how to like appropriately and healthily deal with my emotions. So that was part of the journey was learning those emotional kind of like skills and coping mechanisms. But then learning I was emotional too, again, gave me permission to hold that emotionality that I carry with such reverence and not try to be less emotional, but learn how to be my fully embodied, really emotional self in a healthy way. You know, where I'm expressing those emotions for me Uh, But I'm not allowing them to impact everyone else apart from in a capacity that they opted in to be there to support me, to witness that emotionality. And it's been such a beautiful journey. Um, And human design has just really helped me with so many things. I love human design because, yes, it is a blueprint. Yes, it is a spiritual practice. Yes, it is this kind of like esoteric system but it's really practical. It gives you vocabulary to talk to yourself, to talk to others. And it also gives you reasoning that your logical mind wants, right? As much as we're like, we don't need to logic through this. Our minds are so conditioned that they're always reaching for something. And being able to have the vocabulary to myself saying, that's just my open heart. That's just your undefined sacral. It's just because they're a generator and your energy works differently has really allowed me to remove that shame that was really holding me back. As I said, that shame of being angry, that shame of being really emotional and removing that shame from your life is transformational. So that's why I love sharing this system so very much. 
it's really helped me deal with grieving my mom. My mom died five years ago now, almost six. Um, and losing her, like she was the stability in my life, right? We were best friends. We traveled together. We would go, we would just, she was everything to me. And when she died, everything I knew about the world just fell apart at my feet because she was the thing. She was my normal, right? And in my mind, I was like, my mom is going to be here until she gets old and dies, right? That's just the way it is. That's what you think about your parents. They're going to be here until they get old and they die. And old people die, right? That's the point. Not the point, but you know, everyone dies <laughs> and old people die because they've, they're they old. Um, that's off topic. My mom was 53 years old when she died, right? And it really got me to confront so many of these stories I've been telling about life and my life and other people's life and watching the way she lived her life, you know, with a lot of stress and a lot of tension and so much worry. And she was always thinking about the future and planning for the future and planning for retirement and making sure she had enough money. And when she retired that she was going to travel and she was going to do this. And she never fucking got there. She never got there. Right. And it really made me confront the fact that I'm living for the future for other people. And that future might not come that I need to take that power that I've learned in the law of attraction and create my life today and focus on what I'm doing and what I can do today in order to live, for me, my most peaceful life, my most joyful life, my life filled with the most passion, because that might not be coming. Like she was my normal. And I just began to question that if my mom can die, which she shouldn't have, obviously in my opinion, age 53, everything else I believe as fact is probably not fact either. So I got to really play with the defined Ajna, which had, you know, really shaped my life up until that point and play with what of these thoughts and opinions and, you know, kind of processes and systems are serving me and really diving into that beautiful hypocrisy of being a human, you know, that things are true and false and neither and who even cares and allowing that to give me the power and the support that I needed to really truly create my life. And within human design, I have been able to create so much beauty in my life. And for those around me, I've healed my relationship with my dad, which has been tumultuous, let's just say the least, just by knowing that he's a generator and I'm a manifester. So he is here to respond to me when we are in connection with each other and really flipping that parent-child dynamic on its head, knowing that I'm here to lead with my dad energetically. And when I tell him what I want, I tell him where I'm going, I tell him what I want to do and give him something to respond to, everything falls into place. And knowing that that's literally all I ever needed to do to avoid, you know, 27 years of confrontation like, wouldn't that have been nice 27 years ago? So it's en enabled me to truly see and accept myself and in this journey, truly see and accept others. And I've created this beautifully open and supportive relationships where we all get to feel seen and accepted for exactly who we are rather than who we think we should be. Sorry, my pug is like hacking in the background there, if you can hear it. So that's why I'm here, because human design has changed my life, and I know it can change yours as well. 
So if you are brand new to human design, if this is the first time you're kind of stumbling on human design, I definitely recommend you go run your chart. There is lots of different um, software out there. They will all give you the same chart, making sure you know your time, date, and location of birth. Human design is an esoteric science. It's a channeled system from the universe. It's a combination of the Chinese I Ching, the Kabbalah Tree of Life, an expansion of the seven chakra system with this beautiful entanglement of quantum physics, biomechanics, all made into this really beautiful, insightful system. So when you're looking at your chart, you will see lots of different things. And the first time you look at it, it can be really, really overwhelming. So the first thing to do is look away from, you know, all the shapes and colors, find your type, your strategy, and your authority. These are going to be the basis of huge changes in your life. So learning whether you are a manifester, a generator, a manifesting generator, a projector, or a reflector. Then learning if you're here to respond, if you're here to initiate, if you're here to wait for the invitation, if you're here to wait an entire lunar cycle like our beautiful reflectors out there. And then into your authority too. So whether you're here to be a sacral and have this yes-no response, whether you ride an emotional wave, whether it's splenic intuition that's guiding you through your decision-making, whether it's the sound of your voice, whether it's your desires, whether it's your environment and the way you feel that's allowing you to make the most aligned decisions. So just start there. (laughs) That's a lot already for you to dig into. But when you look at your chart, we'll just really quickly talk through the bits that you see there. So you have nine centers. This is an expansion of the seven chakra Hindu system based on the realization that humanity has evolved. You know, we're no longer these seven centered beings that are very much in community and in tribes with other people. We are very individual. We are moving towards a more emotional experience of the world we're moving away from that instinctual need to stay alive and this really encompassing emotional experience of what it means to be a human so you have the head the ajna and the throat just as you do with the chakra system then the heart center has been become the g center which is a center for direction and identity and the heart center moving down you will have the solar plexus on the right and then the spleen on the left. So this is the solar plexus again, split in two. Then you have the sacral and then the root right at the bottom there. Depending on what centers you have defined and how they are connected to each other, that's what defines your type, your strategy, and your authority. So all the little numbers around each of these shapes, each of these centers are a gate. This comes from the 64 hexagrams of the I Ching system, which is an ancient Chinese system of wisdom. It was often used as an oracle system too, where you would just pull a hexagram and you can still use it that way um, for guidance as well. When you have a gate defined, it will be colored either black or red. And when you have two gates, either end of each other defined, it creates a channel. So for a center to be defined, for a center to be colored in, you have to have those two gates. You can't have it by itself without a channel. So that's what you're looking at when you see your chart. On the right and left side, you will see all of the planets, all of your planetary placements, 
a gate has to be, or a planet has to be in a gate for it to have definition in your chart. So you will see your sun, moon, earth, north and south nodes, and all the rest as you go down. So that's where you get your definition is based on the planetary placements in your chart. Next to the gate numbers that correspond from those planetary placements to your chart, you will see another little number. The numbers range from one to six, and these are the six lines of the I Ching as well. So I describe the lines as kind of like condiments on top of the gates. If each of the gates is a French fry, then each of the lines gives that gate expression a different flavor. So we'll definitely dig into all the profiles at a later date. And the profiles are a really beautiful thing for you guys to dig into as well. But as I said, it's nice to know everything in your chart. But first thing you're going to do is your type, strategy, and authority. Right. So that's it for today's episode. Just a little bit about me, about my journey here into human design. I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of kind of information about who I am and how I became to be here hosting this podcast. So if you haven't looked up your chart before, definitely go look it up and then join us again next time. Thank you for listening to Practical Awakening. I know there are thousands of podcasts out there and I'm so grateful to have shared this episode with you. Check out the show notes for all links from today's episode. If you loved what you heard, screenshot and share this episode on social media. Be sure to tag me so I can repost.